Welcome to Bellwether Friends. <laughs> Welcome to Bellwether Friends. There we go. Definitely not the first podcast featuring a discussion of pop culture and why we think you should like what we like. You should trust us because we're librarians. <laughs> I'm Anna. And I'm Aline. Every couple of weeks we will get together with someone. Or without someone. Sometimes it's with each other. Yeah. We will get together and chat about a couple of pop culture topics, what we think and how we feel. We're all about feelings, because we're ladies. (laughs) We'll end the show with our current obsessions. (laughs) Today, we have with us Shira, who is a librarian in California, all the way across the country. Hello. (laughs) Welcome. Hi. Can you hear us? I'm welcoming you to California. (laughs) It's still light out in California. Yeah. It's still light out and warm. It is neither of those things here. Although it is not super cold yet, it's been getting cold overnight. Aw. Also, we get all sweaty when we when we record. Because we can't have the air conditioning on. Right. <laughs> sad, sad thing. But we're almost at the end of the season where we need the air conditioning. So that's good. Okay, you're just bragging about that. Right? See? But I thought it was always 72 and nice in L.A. It is, but I live in the valley. Oh. Yeah. Add 30 degrees to that, so. That's that's warm. Yeah. Sorry. But that's a good thing to segue into our topic. Because, (laughs) well, Lewis Black does a bit on the weather in Los Angeles. If you are a weatherman in Los Angeles, you have, like, the easiest job in the world. Because, like, what's the weather today, Bob? Nice. Nice. Back to you, Joe. (laughs) Well, remember when we were watching Dead Again and it was raining in Los Angeles and you were like, I don't believe it. Yes. But it hasn't rained here this year, so (laughs) definitely don't believe it. Right? We're going to have to tweet at Kenneth Branagh and tell him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so today we are talking with our pun expert, Shira, about funny things. It's a blanket topic. (laughs) That I came up with myself. <laughs> very clever. I am very clever. And uh, first, I want to talk about if you can remember something when you were a kid that you thought was funny, like how that impacted your sense of funniness. I imagine that probably each of us have had the pleasure from a young age of making people laugh and being like, aha! <laughs> How do I do that again? (laughs) So, on my list, I have two books. One was the, I think it was the Mickey Mouse joke book. And it was just, like, really dumb jokes. But I used to have my parents read it to me while I was in the bathtub. (laughs) Really? Yeah. And the other one is a book that I got for Little G called Chocolate Mousse for Dinner. And it was all about wordplay. And so it was like... Santa Claus, and there would be a picture of this guy with ginormous claws, and like carpool, and it was cars on the top of a diving board, and it had a bunch of stuff like uh, guerrilla warfare with gorillas that I was trying to explain to Little G, and and not understanding how my parents explained it to me. (laughs) (laughs) So, do you have? Aline, anything that you can think of? I you could remember, be older than 
Tiny Anna. Reading joke books when I was little. There were um, joke books at the library by Bennett Cerf, and Dr. Seuss did them under the name Theo Lissig, which is his name spelled backwards. Uh-huh. And they were, you know, knock-knock jokes and just sort of silly things, and I remember thinking that those were hilarious, <laughs> but they didn't really fly with my mom. My mom has a really low tolerance for silliness and so which is going to be completely negated by the next thing that I tell you (laughs) because we continue to giggle hysterically whenever we're driving around and we see a cemetery and one of us will say why is there a fence around this cemetery and the other one will say because people are dying to get in (laughs) and this has been a shriekingly funny joke to my entire family since I was a tiny, tiny alley, and we still laugh about it. How about you, Shira? Um, well, I used to never check out joke books, but I have a brother who did, and so I would always be stealing his joke books. And he'd always be going, where are my books? Where are my books? And they'd always be under my bed. No idea. I haven't seen your books. Who would do that? I'd always be checking out like, um, like the retold fairy tales, like Silver Woven in My Hair. Yeah. Um, I love that book, Shirley, um, Shirley Rousseau Murphy, and uh, The Ordinary Princess, MMK. I love that book. I read it like a hundred times. I used to. It, it was like my go-to giveaway book for, for when I was a children's librarian for some reason. But so yeah, so I'd be reading those on the surface. And then I underneath, I'd have my brother's joke books that he had checked out. And then like two days before we had to take him back, I would just, you know, they just magically reappear in his room. So So you Mm. had like an underground comedy career. I did. I did. Because my brother's friends used to hang out with us, too, because they were they were closer to our house. So we'd have like a large group of boys and then like three girls hanging out. So we would have to. And they're all they're like, we're all the same age anyway. So we'd all have to just be hysterical all the time, all summer, because our parents worked and we were older. We were old enough to take care of ourselves because, you know, it was a long time ago. Yes, yes. People do that. <laughs> yeah. Not anymore. Somewhere innocent time. We would never leave any child unattended below the age of 18. Ever. I was telling my child that I can't read in the car because of, I got motion sick, but I discovered as a child that I could read Garfield in the car, so I just ended up with like 20 Garfield books that I would go through over and over again. Nice. Which has resulted in a lifelong love of lasagna. Yeah, I do love lasagna. And I also cats. read Kathy. Oh, a lot good. of Kathy. <laughs> I'm not sure the humor is in Kathy. Mm, no. Right. So, um, Ghostbusters, right. <laughs> So we all went to see Ghostbusters. Yes, we did. And I just, uh, I think that we are on the baseline of, yay, new Ghostbusters. We enjoyed the adaptation. Definitely. I would like to discuss what was funny about it. I found that there was too much Liam Hemsworth <laughs> for my taste. <laughs> and not nearly enough Holtzman for that... anybody's taste. <laughs> Or mine. You guys, I was at Target looking at the, the Holtzman uh, bobblehead this morning for like 15 minutes. Like, I need that. No, I don't need that. I need that. No, I don't need that. Well, we were talking about Legos before we started recording, and there is a Lego set with the new cast. Yep. In case you want to have Tiny. 
Tiny Holtzman. Tiny Holtzman. Or <laughs> Tiny Liam Hemsworth. Fine. <laughs> well, the thing that was the best about the movie was something that I read on the internet. Of course, I didn't come up with it on my own, but every male character in it was completely useless. <laughs> yep. All of them. You know, the cameos, the the mayor was spectacular. The Hemsworth mm. was just ridiculous. Bill Murray, oh my goodness. Uh, but yeah, all of the men were useless, and that was something to really appreciate. It was very good. Uh, you know, I have to say, I felt like it needed that dance number. Yeah. The one that was cut out, and in, it's in the credits. And I know they filmed it, so I'm, I'm waiting for the Blu-ray to see the dance number. Because I think I would probably fall out of my seat laughing i yeah we went we went we watched all the way through the credits as we usually do yep i thought in general they just did a good job of having different characters interact believably in a movie about busting paranormal (laughs) (laughs) it's very realistic it was so realistic it's totally realistic ellen is a big holtzman fan she would go again just to watch all the holtzman moments well, I wanted to go, it was in the theaters this weekend, and the, the one, like, free time I had, that showing was sold out, so. Well, well that's good, right? Because I've heard, I've seen a lot of, like, oh, it was a flop or whatever, but when I go to look at the, like, box office mojo or whatever, it's not made an insubstantial amount of money. Yeah. And it's the, I think the biggest sign is that it's still in theaters in a lot of places because it's yeah. still drawing people i i think it it got held to a different standard you know uh who would have done that oh I, gosh i wonder that that leads to my discussion on politics and that's a whole nother oh, podcast goodness so. yeah i don't think that's as funny <laughs> yeah or yeah. it's cynically funny i don't know there's a different kind of funny painful uh but the ghostbusters movie was fun in general so i wanted everyone to come up with a funny movie that they would recommend or that meant something to them and i'm going to start with you shira tell us about a funny movie well you know this actually is my favorite movie it's one of it's my favorite funny movie it's uh, blazing saddles yeah which, uh, yeah, you know, I know, like, we talked about, everybody talked about it a lot last week because of Gene Wilder's passing. Yeah. But I realized that I could probably quote the entire movie along with the movie. And I've seen it a hundred times easily. Like, it's one of those movies, if it's on anywhere and I catch it, no matter where it is. You're going to start watching it? I'm going to start watching it. Yeah. So... Yeah, I wanted to go. There's another one that was in the movie theater this weekend, and the showing I was going to was sold out. So that's great. But oh, I, it, yeah, yeah, it's another movie. It's got really one female character in it, which yeah, like yeah. So my pick also. Well, I have a, I have, I have a few picks because I had <laughs> trouble, <laughs> and you're allowed to do this too. You're allowed to have uh, runners up. But my <laughs> initial pick was Best in Show. Oh, I love that. Because it is, um, it's funny, but it's weird. And I, I really like a mockumentary, I guess, because I like um, Strictly Ballroom and, and things like that, where people are just ridiculous, but they're mm-hmm. supposed to be like real people somehow. Um, but the one, the one that I thought of that I grew up watching and could could quote along with is Spaceballs. 
I can vouch for her quoting along with Spaceballs as I had the dubious pleasure of watching it with her and little G. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. I love that movie. Mel Brooks is... He is. Yeah. The flamethrower. Anyway, um, Spaceballs has few female characters, but it has more than Blazing Saddles. (laughs) Best in Show has a lot of Best in Show has a lot of Best in Show is awesome. So, Parker Posey. <laughs> right? There's so many yep. great characters in that. And so if anyone listening to this has not seen Best in Show, it, you don't even have to be a dog person. No, you don't. <laughs> Dogs are only just a sideline in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> They're only partially relevant. My movie selection is a trilogy. Um, it is the Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy uh, by the brilliant uh, team yeah. of Edgar Wright. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, as you know them as Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. So good. Yeah, I love them. I can uh, recite Shaun of the Dead. I don't know Hot Fuzz and The World's End as well, but I love them just as passionately. And there are not a lot of ladies in these movies, and I, mm. I feel that, that deeply, and they are still absolute tops. They're just brilliant, and... Um, I love them. (laughs) If you haven't seen them, you should totally see Shaun of the Dead. You can get it in your $5 bin. You can get it at your library. Um, It is really funny. And all you Star Trek fans who have enjoyed Simon Pegg as Scotty, wait till you see him be funny. (laughs) He's funny as Scotty. I know, but he's not trying. (laughs) So the other things on my list I had were Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which is another I can quote my way through. I went to that castle, and they have coconut shells at the cash register in the gift shop, so you can go out and reenact. That's awesome. It's really super awesome. Let's go. Yeah. I have an inexplicable, maybe, fondness for Will Ferrell. It is totally inexplicable. In honor of the recently passed Olympics, um, Blades of Glory. (laughs) I'm a big fan of semi-pro. Yep, I like semi-pro, especially when when they... develop the alley-oop just in time (laughs) (laughs) oh god so and yeah and I have I think I've seen almost all of the theme ones like semi-pro or blades of glory or talladega nights I'm not as interested in stepbrothers or whatever no or old old school I don't remember so old school is like filmed in this really amazing house so it's good for the real estate porn. That's weird. It's very I do weird. Like, well, it's it's ridiculously silly. Yes, that's the well. that. So so I guess what I'm saying is my taste tends toward extreme silliness. Yeah, I can vouch for that. But the all almost all the movies you described are very light on ladies and non-existent on uh, non-heteronormative. Well, Best in Show. Well, that's true. Go, very... Best in Show. Yay, Best in Show. So, yes, please get in touch with us. Tweet at us. Tweet your suggestions at us to enhance the ladyship of our funny movie watchings. Yeah. We would love it. So next on my list, because I have to keep lists, <laughs> is uh, television shows. I had a real problem with this one. I don't know why. I tried to remember funny shows I watched growing up, like with my mom. And the one that I came up with was um, a BBC import called Waiting for God. And it was two elderly people. 
in a nursing home. That sounds <laughs> hilarious. Well, if you're like a teenager and you still find it funny and you, and your adult mother finds it funny, then there must be something there. Okay. But anyway, I had a sassy old lady and I really liked her. Huh. What about you, Ellie? That's your TV suggestion. I, well, now you're, now you're making me think about things that I watched with my mom, <laughs> who, as I already said, had a very low tolerance for silliness. I think we watched Cheers, but the, this is the one place that I was able to come up with a lady that I appreciated, and my context for this was things that I had, TV shows I had watched all of more than once, and there are a few things that fall into that category, and the, the top-notch ones are um, 30 Rock yep. and Scrubs. Yeah. yeah, Scrubs was on my list as well, in terms of silliness, it is yeah. way up there. Yeah, and so that's... <laughs> Those two, and those two just sort of, they make me laugh consistently. They are things that I will turn on Netflix to keep me company while I'm puttering around the house because you don't need to sit down and watch them so much, or you can sit down and watch them if you're cleaning out an email inbox or doing your filing, and so those are those are mine. How about you, Shira? I'm a big fan of Parks and Rec. That I can watch that like a million times. I've watched it a million times, right? Easily. Always cracks me up. I love black books which is a BBC show. I think it had three seasons, and it was Bernard Black, who is a bookstore owner, but hated everybody, and Sounds just good. liked drinking yeah. wine. It's it's hysterical. Sadly, it does not seem to stream anywhere. I've been, looked for it for years. But my current favorite is, I, I'm hogging, I'm hogging favorites here. My current favorite is uh, The Great British Bake Off. Which, is it funny? It, it's surprisingly funny, because <laughs> Mel and Sue, who are the hosts, tell terrible puns. Constantly. Well, we're for it. That's like RuPaul's it, Drag Race. <laughs> it's so good. I love that show. I, I find, yeah. I have a variety of people that I know who are not at all inclined to like the same thing all like that show. Yeah, the internet pretty universally appreciates The Great British Bake Off. I, um, we've made a note of Black's books because that sounds great and I watched, I think I watched the first couple of seasons of Parks and Rec, and I am not averse to it at all. I had some sort of narrative entertainment interruption when I was watching it, and so I um, you know what? haven't returned to it. A lot of people say that, and the the thing is, the, the first, like, season and a half, it, it changed after that. The first season and a half aren't as great. I think it's like when they realized that Leslie Nope is a civil servant and she tried her very best and she never, um, she didn't always, you know, win, but she never was, she never let that get her down. And when they figured that out, that's when it changed and that's when it got really great. So, so we should, if we started right now, because I've watched the first season and part of the second season, we should start at episode 12 of season two. Could, you should start when, when, uh, Adam Scott's character and Start Rob Lowe's character. Yeah, when they show up in the show. Okay. Okay, so I quit at season two, episode eight, because I think that's the one when um, Megan Mullally is, is dissing the library. Oh. <laughs> you that just wasn't take why. it. You couldn't that take totally it. That totally was not why, but it was like an easy marker. I was like, okay, well, you know, I think that I stopped watching it that episode, and I think that that's when it was. But it wasn't, it didn't have to do with that. I wasn't getting defensive because I know that Parks, libraries, and cultural affairs have to be at each other's throats for funding. So, um, <laughs> That's yeah. where the phrase punk-ass book jockeys right, comes from. Exactly. Oh, yeah. All righty then. Yeah. 
I have one more TV show that I like, uh, which is Suburgatory. I don't know if you've seen any of it, um, Shira, but it's... Yeah, I have, have watched. I like the... It's like a combination of quirkiness and... Emma Stone 2.0. Emma Stone yeah. 2.0 and satire, and it's got some Saturday Night Live alums, and it's just, uh, it's a good combination. It's got that, yeah. that guy, that guy from Six Feet Under and Law and & Order. And Clueless. And Clueless, right. Yep. And Cancel Too Soon. Jeremy Sisto. Thank you. <laughs> it took me a minute to come up <laughs> with I was with like, are you just holding Although, out on me? Although, <laughs> when I listened to the, um, Clueless, um oral history book yes jeremy sisto has seemed to be kind of like a pill who has never gone back to rewatch clueless so don't tell us that i know oh jeremy sisto let us let us maintain our illusions okay he's a great guy and he loves the cranberries <laughs> <laughs> so now i'm moving on to my paper segment Shira, tell us about your book recommendation. My favorite funny book is one that I've read for the first time probably like 30 years ago. Um, It's Aunts Aren't Gentlemen by P.G. Wodehouse. It's one of the early Birdie and Jeeves books, and I've read it a billion zillion times, and it always makes me laugh, and it always makes me laugh out loud. For some reason, I have never read any Wodehouse, and I'm sure that's a giant gap in my consciousness and maybe I'll try an audiobook sometime. I would say an you might enjoy an audiobook. I've listened to a couple of them. Yeah. Um because they're pretty readily available um as in not in high demand. <laughs> and they're, they're they're super enjoyable and you also have got to be in the mood. Okay. Yeah. Because you're going to want to just slap Birdie into next week. Um, on multiple occasions and sometimes that's just absurdly charming and sometimes you just can't take it uh so yeah and oh mine anna just gestured at me so but she doesn't wear as much jewelry as i do so you can't hear it (laughs) um so the book that i would like everyone to go out and read and i think it's been remaindered on amazon if you want to get it for just a couple bucks is called pest control by bill fitzhugh And he's written several books. This one came out in 1996, I think. So it's been around a while. And I'm going to read you this this short description because I can't really do it justice. Bob Dylan can't get a break. A down-on-his-luck exterminator. All he wants is his own truck with a big fiberglass bug on top. And success with his radical new environmentally friendly pest-killing technique. So Bob decides to advertise. Unfortunately, one of his flyers falls into the wrong hands. Marcel, a shady Frenchman, needs an assassin to handle a million-dollar hit, and he figures that Bob Dylan is his man. Through no fault or participation of his own, this unwitting pest controller from Queens has become a major player in the dangerous world of contract murder. So this is just this, like, slapstick, mistaken identity, hilarious New York set thing that's just based on this guy with a really good heart who, you know, he doesn't want the bugs to have pain when they die, but in, as you know, in New York, there is an endless supply of bugs to kill and an endless need for bug killing. And it's, it's so, so funny. I first read it when I was working in the East Village. <laughs> so I could really relate. Um, and it's, it's just great. And I, um, I have been putting in people's hands for the last 20 years. 
and I don't know what kind of they haven't come back to tell me if yeah, they liked it or not because <laughs> they're all dead. What about you, Anna? Oh, so my uh, I was looking at lists of funny books to jog my memory, and I saw Hyperbole and a Half by Ali Brosh, and I remember reading it and just like having to stop reading because I was laughing too hard, <laughs> which is what I like in a funny book. I have a lot of a lot of the books I read have humor in them in some way, like. I really like Bet Me, which is a romantic comedy, and I really like um, things that Gail Carriger writes because mm-hmm. they're all funny and romantic and supernatural, but I really enjoyed Hyperbole and a Half when it was on the internets, and I enjoy it in book form as well. The other book I have to recommend is a kid's book, a picture book called Chopsticks by Amy Rosenthal, and it's about this pair of chopsticks and one chopstick is broken and the other chopstick goes off and learns, at, at the chopstick's urging, learns to do things on its own and then the chopstick heals and they go back together again and at the end they play chopsticks naturally together on the piano. And there are, there are many puns in it. My child and I enjoy them equally, like when the chopstick is whisked away and <laughs> and so on. And so if you are trying to introduce a small child to the beautiful world of puns that's a good place to start <laughs> what you said about Ali Brosh made me think of let's pretend this never happened a mostly true memoir <laughs> by Jenny Lawson which we have been reading off and on for the last year and aloud, aloud. always makes us laugh hysterically out loud and I, I have not finished it and so I haven't read Furiously Happy, her second one, but this book is, it's a book you cannot read to yourself if there is someone else in the room, because you have to stop and share things with them, so if you are planning to read it in company, you might as well just read it out loud. Right. And um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just so agonizingly hilarious, I can't recommend it highly <laughs> enough. I also enjoy books, um, like, uh... I enjoyed Bossy Pants, and I enjoyed um, Is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me by Mindy Kaling, and I enjoy books like that of, like, funny women in the industry, and so I hope... I have not read The Girl with the Lower Back Tattoo. That is high on the list. (laughs) By Amy Schumer or um, anything recently. I don't know if anyone has any suggestions. I uh, just... Reread the Shelley Lawrenceton, um, the Pride series. Yeah, she's yeah. she's also um, G. A. Aiken. She writes dragon books as G. A. Aiken, but as Shelley Lawrenceton, she writes shifter stories. So they're okay. half human, half bears or tigers or you know whatever. And her books are hysterically funny. At, at one point last, I was re- reading them last weekend, and I was sitting on my couch reading, and I'm just snort laughing out loud. And I'm like, thank God I live alone. Because <laughs> it was embarrassingly <laughs> loud how loud I was laughing. So that's a good that's a good feeling. Yeah. Though, reading something that makes you laugh hysterically. Yeah. So I'm gonna segue there to we just have like a have you had many live comedy experiences, Shira? Of me being funny? Well, I'm sure that you're funny all the time. <laughs> but I meant stand up comedy or funny play. I guess the importance of being earnest would count. I do actually um, try and go out to a comedy strip out here or not not to perform because I'm terrible I I get terrible stage fright and 
then I babble and my stories don't make any sense. But I love watching stand-up comedy. I love it. I'm, uh, I've seen Eddie Izzard uh, work on his act when he's uh, planning an, a new show. You've Ooh. seen him workshopping material? I've seen him workshopping material. Like, I've seen him workshopping the same show, like, six or seven times. <sighs> yeah. In this little tiny theater called Largo at the Coronet, which is hysterical. Sarah, Sarah Silverman recorded a show there a while ago that was on HBO. It's hysterical, but it's a little tiny room, and he workshops his shows. I it was that one show where he was doing half of it in Spanish. I don't speak Spanish, and yet... And it's so funny. Yeah. We saw him last month, um, or the month before. It was at the end of July. We saw him. He, we saw his Force Majeure tour in um, Hartford at the end of July, which was nice. the second time I've seen him live. The first time Anna had seen him live. Um, I am a huge fan, and very little that I say did not originate in one of his shows. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cake or death makes its way into conversation an awful lot over here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. I don't know. I've missed him completely somehow, oh, and I don't know yes. why that is. So and, I'm training her up. Uh, yeah, we've been watching. She she has like all these DVDs of his shows, and so we're just like making our way through them. I love him. I, he's hysterically funny, he and is he's so hysterically funny. And he's going to be the mayor of London one day and take over. Okay. <laughs> okay. But we do like the current mayor. He's cool, too. That's awesome. So uh, I was going to say, I, on Allie, our friend of the show, Allie's recommendation, I've been listening to the Two Dope Queens podcast. Okay. Um, which is people I'm going to remember any second now. Are Two. we done talking about live comedy? Well, this is that. It's related. Oh, okay. Just a second. Okay, while you look that up, I can say... That um, a couple of other people I've seen live are Jake Johansson and Jim Gaffigan, who are weirdly, enjoyably family-friendly comedy. Uh-huh. I am all about Eddie Murphy Raw. That's the first comedy show I ever saw on VHS back in the 80s. But I am... Um, I'm a huge fan of vulgarity, and I also have a lot of friends who are family-friendly. And um, Jake Johansson and Jim Gaffigan are some some nice guys to enjoy that way. Okay, so Two Dope, Two Dope Queens is a WNYC podcast with uh, Phoebe Robinson, Jessica Williams, late of The Daily Show. And they they like to do a little bantery talk, funny segment, and then they'll throw it to a comic for like a short a very short set story and they in the, each episode is like two or three of those and so some of them are hit and miss some of them you're like okay guy <laughs> but a lot of them are really funny and it's a it's a really good way to like just get a little taste of someone a couple of people I've liked enough that I've been like oh I need to follow them on Twitter you know and um that's a huge compliment i know (laughs) i don't do that to just everybody unless you're a librarian (laughs) so two dope queens is Allie approved as well as anna approved and nerdista approved as well okay so i'm going to segue there to twitter we have each got i'm sure multiple twitter accounts that make us laugh regularly we can try and narrow it down besides each other of course right right every day I have, um, I enjoy, again, here I am with not enough ladies. Please give me more lady Twitter accounts. I enjoy My Sad Cat, which if you don't follow My Sad Cat and you are a cat person, you don't have to be a cat person. They're just funny. 
Um, here is a sample tweet. They're usually illustrated with a photograph of Bear, a 20-year-old all-black cat. My cat is sad because my other cat is talking in great detail about his dream last night, which is extremely boring. And My Sad Cat is produced by Tom Cox, who wrote The Good, The Bad, and The Furry, and a couple of other books on the lives of his cats. He is on Twitter at Cox underscore Tom, C-O-X, and I enjoy him. Two others, I enjoy Ken Jennings, the Jeopardy champion. He has a rather blistering sense of humor and says rude things um, quite well. Uh, your sample tweet of this one is, Wikipedia entries for celebs should have a little thing in the sidebar to tell you which years they were Buddhist. <laughs> You are always reading me Ken Jennings tweets. I do read you Ken Jennings tweets. And um, <laughs> an honorable mention goes to S. Blackmore, S-B-L-A-C-K-M-O-O-R-E, who does the hilarious horoscopes that you will see me retweet from time to time. I as, love those. They're really good. Today, They're really good. There was um, my own, I only retweet my own, and sometimes I will tweet Anna's at her. But today, <laughs> mine was Sagittarius. Back, back, vile demon! Return to the hell that spawned you! <laughs> You're gonna be hearing that a lot today. Which, I was not at work today, so I didn't hear it a lot, but I'm sure the people at Trader Joe's were thinking it. <laughs> what about you, Shara? Um, I love, uh, We Rate Dogs. Oh my yes, god, yes! We love them too. Yes. Dog <laughs> underscore rates. And I, today somebody tweeted at him, at him that, is it pronounced Dogrates, and I think they should pronounce it, him, call him Dogrates. And did you see the one today, which was, this is Chip, he's a pup holder, comes with the car, requires frequent pettings, shifts for you, 10 of 10, innovative AF, and it's a little puppy in the cup holder at the gearbox. And I'm like, he's awesome. hysterically funny. It cracks me up that it was a bored college freshman who came up with it, right? It's oh awesome. my god, look at Chip! Look at Chip! Oh, Chip's in the drink holder! Right? <laughs> ten of ten would pet! <laughs> I would oh see, goodness. we're not even dog people and we would pet Chip. Would pet again. Yeah. Chip. And that, uh, also like Darth. Darth? I think everybody knows Darth. Yeah. Yeah, with the red panda. So, and Alton Brown, who everybody knows from cooking, but is subversively funny. I, he's just he's always funny and he I love when he answers questions because he puts a little post-it there with the question and the answer and he just I like his YouTube video on how to make a cup of tea he also <laughs> in his Twitter description he is time lord time lord I get, it. I get it <laughs> so I've got um, I've got two R. Stevens who is a cartoonist who lives nearby somewhere he does diesel sweeties his Twitter profile says he's the CEO of Draculert, America's premier vampire warning system. <laughs> <laughs> Which pretty much sums him up, I think. He's funny in a really nerdy way that I appreciate. Um, Last week, his pinned tweet was a hand holding six McDonald's hash browns, and he said something like he wasn't messing around today. Yeah. <laughs> So here's one from a long time ago. Why did Obi-Wan upload his file to Dropbox before emailing Jedi are not allowed attachments? 
<laughs> he makes us laugh a lot. Yeah, R. Stevens, I, I finally moved him to my essentials column so that I would have more regular laughing. <laughs> um, and our friend uh, Renata Snacks of the Borscht Bestsellers podcast, also, I am always reading her tweets to Aline and saying, did you see this one? And inevitably, she will say, yes, I saw that one. But I still <laughs> laugh. <laughs> So she just has a really funny way of um, saying things. I don't even know. She's just uh, one of those people, the way that they construct sentences and the stuff that they talk about. She's like with her parents and she was talking earlier today about how she queued up the dad rock station on Pandora for her dad and he liked it. Truth in advertising. (laughs) (laughs) So if you don't follow Renata already... She's locked, so you're going to have to ask permission. <laughs> okay. I think that's the end of my list of things that we're recommending, unless I forgot something, which is also possible. It's oh. all that I had on my list. Um, I have a plan at Amy, Amy Diggs' recommendation. We are going to watch Take My Wife, the show with Cameron Esposito Esposito and Rhea Butcher that's on our to watch list and that will help with our lady problem it will help (laughs) with all the lady problems if you don't know Cameron Esposito and Rhea Butcher look them up they're hilarious you can find old podcasty action as well as take my wife yep and by all means tell us what funny twitter accounts we're not following that we should be following because I think um having some accounts that are go-to for making you smile and laugh uh, are, is important, especially nowadays. <laughs> yes, especially yeah. for the next two months. So on that note, we are... We and have, hopefully not necessary afterwards. Right? We yeah. have a list or three of terrible puns slash jokes to share, and I have to say that if you're not following Shira, then you're missing out on some of these. Oh, yeah. well, sure. The Am I wrong in assuming that you are coming up with the puns that you're tweeting? Sometimes. Sometimes? Uh, okay. Sometimes. Sometimes I steal them from really old joke books. This is good. <laughs> like the ones the we ones that you never return to the library. The ones that we're weeding. Yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if, if, if a book was on the cusp... <laughs> <laughs> and you had to choose whether to weed it. Professional discretion. <laughs> but I only delete the well, you know. I delete the ones that don't go out that look like like they're about to fall apart and that and then people have loved to death you and take them home. I do that. No, I give them to the friends so that other they people can, sell can enjoy. Them. All right. But I you know, note down the really good jokes first. So I'm going to read a few of these 21 puns so done. They're actually funny. Um, Anna loves the BuzzFeed lists full of puns that I read She's always reading to me. <laughs> that was a good one. <clears throat> this is Little G's go-to joke. What is the worst thing about throwing a party in space? You have to plan it. Plan it. <laughs> All the time. Yesterday, a clown held the door open for me. I thought it was a nice jester. <laughs> I was walking through a quarry and said to the foreman, That's a big rock. Boulder, he replied. So I puffed out my chest and shouted, Look at that enormous rock over there! 
how do you make antifreeze steal her blanket <laughs> it was an emotional wedding even the cake was in tears oh, i had that one <laughs> so wait i only have a few more uh-huh there was an explosion at a cheese factory in france debris everywhere <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 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 uh. Oh, I'll do this last one. Two antennae were on a roof. They fell in love and got married. The service wasn't great, but the reception was excellent. Oh my god. <laughs> so I just have like a couple from the Please Enjoy These Really Clever Jokes BuzzFeed list that I tweeted at Shira last week. Um, <laughs> and because so, the first one was the best one ever in the history of the world, I've been diagnosed <laughs> with a type of amnesia where I deny the existence of certain 80s bands, there is no cure. <laughs> Which I am still laughing about. I am still laughing about this. And thank you, student loans, for getting me through university. I don't think I can ever repay you. <laughs> what idiot called it insomnia and not resisting arrest? All right, that's it for those. I w these lists will be linked in the show notes for your pleasure. Shira, take it away. If the Silver Surfer and Iron Man team up, they'd be alloys. <laughs> I love it. Um, some aquatic mammals at the zoo escaped. It was otter chaos. Oh. <laughs> I'm reading a book about anti-gravity. It's impossible to put down. <laughs> And did you hear about the magazine about anti-gravity? It went out of business due to low circulation. <laughs> and I had to get a new optician. He fell into the lens grinder and made a spectacle of himself. <laughs> um, I had to make bad chemistry puns. All the good ones are gone. Oh, there was one, what do you do with the dead chemist barium? So. Barium. Never take a cannibal to a theme park. To a theme park, they always throw up their arms. That's good. I like that a lot. <laughs> uh, this one, I think, little G will probably enjoy. Okay. Um, what did the baby corn say to the mama corn? Where's popcorn? Mmm, delicious. He will like that one. So last one. I have more, but I'll you know. <laughs> <laughs> I could go on. You can go on. Did you hear about, did you hear oxygen went on a date with p potassium? It went okay. <laughs> so this is the point at which I explain that my co-host here is anti-pun. I don't like puns. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> but she takes great delight, as you have heard her giggling. <laughs> In what you would think of as puns. It's clever wordplay. She I don't calls like puns. it clever like wordplay. Word <laughs> I don't know what her antagonism is toward the word pun. It's punishing. Right. My dad made little G a sign for his door and taped it up after he was asleep. And it said that, that his room was a no pun zone and that anyone who violated the rules would be punished. <laughs> <laughs> and so... He came out and he, I said, there's something on your door. And he read it and he was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> because he is always trying to make things into puns. Like he's in the stage of development where he's playing with words and he's like, get it, get it. And we're like, yeah, we uh -huh. get it. We got it. We got uh -huh. it. The first, oh, we got the it. first three times we got, we got it. <laughs> and so we, I, I purchased this game called 
Punderdome. Against my will. Against your wishes. <laughs> I tried really I hard said to not to you find it at the bookstore. Come store. into dinner. <laughs> no. <laughs> you found it for me. And so it says it's based on a live game show, a cult favorite in Brooklyn. But where could we go wrong with that? But where people, people, uh, like, they draw a card that's like an, uh, an action and a card that's like a thing, and then you're supposed to make puns that connect the two things. And I was playing this game, or trying to play this game, with Aline and my dad and my sister and my son. And three of us, my dad and my sister <laughs> and me, were, we used to spend, like, dinners riffing on a theme, you know, like... Someone would say something about birds, and then they'd be like, are you too chicken? And, you know, we would go on from there. But it turns out when you're playing a game, it's really hard to be clever on cue. It has to develop uh. organically. Uh-huh. So I'm going to give you an example. This is a, also a review of this game. They have on one side of the card a joke. Why didn't anyone want to live with the gopher? He was a groundhog. Okay. Um, okay. He's hogging the ground. I, I guess. get it. I get it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> How do the smallest parts of your body communicate with cell phones? Okay. 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 Yeah. And so on, we would draw these two cards, and one would be hiding, and the other would be Elvis Presley, and you would try to make a pun that connects hiding and Elvis Presley. Where did Elvis go in 1977? Nobody knows. <laughs> and so this is about how it went when we were trying to play the game. We could not come up with a connector between the two cards, and we'd be like, um, Elvis Presley went into hiding. He <laughs> next. <laughs> so I don't, yeah. I don't understand. Like there has to be a better way to make a pun game. Have you watched like the pun finals in like there's some festival? Some is it in Brooklyn? No, it was on CBS Sunday morning. We saw a segment on it. Mm. There was a, pe- a pun festival, and the pun- we watched the pun finals. I'll have to see if I can find the segment for the show notes. And people would be given something like this, and they would be able, to, they would like tell some elaborate story and then have a punchline that used the rules of the pun that were really, really good. Well, I have to say that playing this game made if me feel like, like it wasn't funny because I was like, <laughs> I can't come up with anything at all. So the examples are like, if you have candy and sleeping, when I'm restless at night, I pull and peel the covers back until they get all twizzled up. Like, okay. That's not funny. Oh, so I have the answer to the, to the pun festival. Okay. Oh, good. It is the O. Henry Pun Off World Championships. Okay. And the 2017 edition will be held in Austin, Texas. Great. Let's book our flight now. (laughs) Well, wait, we have to hear the Monty Python castle first. Well, that's a definite. I, mean, I guess we could probably watch the YouTube clips later. We can also look at pictures of Dune Castle in my phone. No, it's not a pun! Okay. We have to get a coconut first. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I need, I need a pun game that doesn't make me feel stupid. I'm not sure if that's possible. But, um, I don't know if you ever listened to the podcast The Bugle, which is currently off the air, whatever you want to call it. It was with John Oliver and Andy Zaltzman. And periodically, Andy Zaltzman would do what he called a pun run. And he would... I don't know if I can find a transcript of one. Well, we could we could probably play one. Fish-themed. I don't guess, John, 
This is just yet another media falsehood. Start the clock. It's cock to stop. They've oh. had a complete nightmare. Oh. It's totally oh. out of place. I really believe that to the bottom of my soul. I don't care if it's one journalist responsible or a group of them. It's gone on too long. We need change and we need it fast. These facts are deniable no more. <laughs> oh no, I, I can feel you starting to stir, John. I can feel a bit oh. of tension. You don't bring me into this part. <laughs> Come on, Sam would have to say it. And I won't put my punches on this. No, I'm gonna Gernard. I'm not the kind of man. I'm not the kind of man to rein it back in because this is a big issue among fishermen. They've really scraped to the bottom of the barrel this time. The media. Oh, it's way right out of line. I hate to carp on about it, but it's pollock. Bastards. I read this filth whenever I purchase a newspaper. Six days a week I read it. Six days a week. Every day of the week, in fact, Barra Monday. When I never get past the sports <laughs> section. <laughs> and we are these things are going to happen again. Mm, we know that. You better believe it. Come on, better is a type of fish. Thank you. Anyone can be the victim of this kind of lies. It will drag on vicious rumours. Dra drag on fish. Yeah, it, it, it's been counted. They'll spread. People shout at you. They'll barrack you. That's inevitable. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, just goes That's on. Talent, yeah, he, I mean, prepares in advance. Sure, but he said them all without laughing. <laughs> well, yeah, and so so John Oliver also hates puns. <laughs> and so he every time every time Andy would get started, he would be like, "No," which is part of the fun also of right. creating a good pun is um, the horror, the horror of, of the audience, right? Which is what I am here for you for. Thank you, I appreciate <laughs> that. Do you have? You were claiming that you'd never made a pun. Mm -hmm. Do you, have you ever created any clever wordplay? Probably. <laughs> so my favorite pun that I came up with a long time ago. Oh no. <laughs> we were sitting in the backyard of our friend's house and these people in the, in the backyard next door were like installing a fence and moving it around and whatever. And I was like, you know, sometimes you gotta take a fence. And my, <laughs> my dad groaned. <laughs> And I was like, victory! <laughs> yeah, if it makes your dad groan, because your dad is the worst offender. He is the worst offender. I think that's why I post the puns, is because they show up on my Facebook as well, and the number of people who groan, groan and threaten disembowelment <laughs> and tell me I'm the worst ever just makes my day. But that that is enjoyable for them, right, Eileen? Yeah. Super satisfying to tell you that you're awful, yes. Yes, I love it. It cracks me up so hard. I think you have a deep appreciation for puns. You just don't like to call it that. Maybe. I, I, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't think that there are any puns that I have come up with myself. A pet store had a bird contest. No purchase necessary. <laughs> this is the last one. This is a good one. Uh, you can do this one. Yeah. The furniture store keeps calling me to come back, but all I wanted was one night stand. <laughs> no. Okay, so uh, that covers our designated topic topics for yes. the episode. Uh, let us know what we overlooked. Send Twitter. us your best one-liners. Send us your best one-liners <laughs> at Bellwether Friends without the I or E. Or e. Friends. <laughs> first. So if you don't already follow Bellwether Friends on Twitter, 
FRNDS. Yes, yeah. FRNDS. Okay. What is your musical obsession, Eileen? My musical obsession this week, we partook of the Two Bossy Dames live tweet of Mean Girls just Sunday night. <laughs> I was going to say just last night. Time. Um, which, by the time you listen to this, will have been ten days ago. And <laughs> over the closing credits, there is a cover of Dancing With Myself done by the Donnas, which I oh. love a cover more than anything in the world, and I love a lady cover of a dude song even better, and that one just was really rocking my socks, and we were listening to the whole soundtrack yesterday, and I was enjoying it very much. Shira, do you have a musical obsession? Um, I always have the same musical obsession. It's been my musical obsession for like the last 15 years, which is Everlong by Foo Fighters. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I listen to that all the time. I like the acoustic version. I like the rock version. All but lately, yeah. So, yeah. But lately, I've also been adding in, for some reason, the um, Run by Pink, which was on the soundtrack of the new Alice in Wonderland movie, which I can't remember the title of, because I didn't actually see it. Okay. But <laughs> it's kind of, I just like the song. <laughs> it was playing everywhere for a while, and it's, it's called Run, and it's by Pink. My song is also by Pink because it's also off the Mean Girls soundtrack, so I'm glad to have some synergy here. Um, because it gets stuck in my head. It's called God is a DJ. God is a oh, DJ. God is a DJ. I like Pink. I have seen her in person in a very small venue before she was like, sell out your stadiums. And girls at Smith College were throwing their bras on her stage. <laughs> <laughs> Girls at Smith College do that all the time. All the time. Do they throw them at librarians? Um, if we're on stage. Oh, okay. And my regular obsession is acorns. <laughs> yes, I can vouch for that. I spend a lot of time vouching for Anna's things that she says because because I I'm inherently untrustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> the things that I don't actually vouch for are indeed lies. They are super lies. But yes, every time I see an acorn on the ground and it has its hat on and it's shaped like an acorn I have to put it in my pocket so today I picked up a nice big one and two little ones that were attached by their stems and we were in a shop a week ago or so and there was an acorn in the the jewelry case of the shop and Anna pointed it out and I was like that's an acorn that can survive being laundered if you were to stick that in your pocket and the woman in the shop got into a pissing contest with anna about the biggest acorn that either one of yeah, them had that ever was found. really weird i was like <laughs> i found a really big acorn today she was like not as big as the one i found okay and it was really weird we'll be leaving now <laughs> so i did not get her the little silver acorn because the woman made us mad <laughs> Shira, do you have a regular obsession? <laughs> I'm currently obsessed with um, the Sum Sums. Have you ever seen them? They're they're a Disney thing. Sum Sums. Yeah, they're it's T S U M T S U M, and they're little little stuffed animaly things. They're based off their characters, and they look like little like little tiny pillows. There's there's like no definition to them. They're they're literally like like a not a ball because they're a little bit longer than they're a little bit wider than they are tall so but they're like they have different characters so they have all the they have a bunch of marvel characters and a bunch uh -huh. of star wars characters and all the disney characters so like 
Mickey Mouse and oh, all that. Oh, okay, we're Googling. But they're squishy. They're not they're like... They're super squishy. They're not like um, the... What do you call those things with the heads? The pop things? Yeah. No, not, they're not They're not like those. Oh, those are cute. Yeah, they're oh, just... look, it's the Beast and Cogsworth. Yes, I have that. It's adorable. It oh, my adorable. gosh. They are adorable. Well, thanks, Shira. Now we're obsessed with them, too. They're, yeah, and they come out with new ones on the first and the first and third Tuesday of every oh, month. No. Oh, no. Because we, we don't have sheep. any problems like that. These are the inside out. No. But... <laughs> So, um, you, we're going to link to this and you're all going to be obsessed because they are really, really adorable. Uh, my obsession over the weekend, we went to the three county fair because the counties around here are really small. (laughs) So three of them have to get together to have one. And Uh I had fried dough for the first time. And you may think, oh, you barbarian, how could you not have had fried dough in your life? And the Western Washington State Fair has scones and everybody eats those. And I've had funnel cakes and I've had elephant ears and I've had a variety of fair food. I am not deprived and I am not (laughs) some kind of freak, but I had never had the New England Fair fried dough. And it might not be exclusive to New England, but that's where I am right now. And it was awesome it was like a beignet the size of your head (laughs) and how how could that go wrong i we also we got to apply our own powdered sugar from a container that was the size of one of those things at the drive-thru at the bank that you put your (laughs) checks and thing in that goes up in the pneumatic tube yeah those big huge (laughs) seriously it was the size of little g's thigh and it was full of powdered sugar, and so you got to apply your own. So um, Anna delicately sprinkled it all over, and then I shook it really hard over the corner that I was going to eat because I wanted the full beignet experience. And it was delicious and wonderful, and I am sorry that the fair is over, and maybe I'll find myself I don't know where else you can get it. You can do it yourself. I Googled the recipe. that's not the same. Yeah, it's probably better because then you could put stuff in the batter. Like what? Acorns? Yes, acorns. <laughs> Definitely acorns. Um, so, fried dough. Yes. I The fried dough here is the thing I found that closest approximates the Navajo fry bread that you can get at home, which is a treat that you can also put powdered sugar on if you want, or honey. So I am always for it, and I always acquire some when we go to either this fair or the other big fair. New England. How did I skip having some last year when we were at the We BBC? had some. I know. Maybe the rest of us ate it too quickly. You might have eaten it too. It might have been during the fugue state, so. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I second your endorsement. I know that you're not lying about it. <laughs> I'm not. Oh, on my list, when I was Googling lists of puns to read out loud, um, I did not mention... Just Bad Puns is a Tumblr feed that is Just Bad Puns, I believe, by its title. So we'll see. He has a Twitter as well. Oh, good. And there's Wait, a let Twitter me go follow account. that. So we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll make sure that that's mentioned in the show notes. I figured that Shira would know about it if she was not actually, in fact, behind it. I am not. It's a... It's a guy. It's a 18-year-old out of England who, who does it. All right. Well, good okay. for him. Okay. So we are done. Woo! Thanks for listening. I am Anna, and you can find me online at Helga Grace. H-E-L-G-A-G-R-A-C-E. 
And I'm Aline. You can find me on Twitter at Surly Spice, S-U-R-L-Y-S-P-I-C-E. And I'm Shira at Shira, S-H-A-Y-E-R-A. Rockstar. Uh, is there anywhere else you want to point to? You're on Twitter and Tumblr. Do you have some Twitter and Tumblr. Secret. It should warn people, though, that I'm well into political season and half the time it's all cranky. It's either cranky politics, <laughs> cranky library, or bad puns. That's so, all right. Yeah. This is a very good triple threat to be, and we appreciate it. Well, thanks. <laughs> yeah, we I like try- the intersection of all those things. Yeah. And thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And our in and out music was provided by lovely Julie Jerkins. You can find her on Twitter at Hi Miss Julie. H-I-M-I-S-S-J-U-L-I-E. Hi Miss Julie.